Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to today's program. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and it's good to have you with us today. Guess what? The bull market for the S&P 500 that began on March the 10th of 2009 is now officially over. That bull market lasted 131 months, just one month short of 11 years, 2,750 trading days. It peaked on February the 9th of this year at 3,386 points. It gained 529% or an annualized gain of 18.3% per year and set 255 all-time closing highs. And in my book, that's a pretty good scorecard. It's the 11th and the longest bull market since the end of World War II, producing the second-largest overall gain. Now, with all that said, many investors today have not faced the anxiety caused by a bear market. Now, let me define a bear market. A bear market is a stock market decline of at least 20%. Some have forgotten the fear of the Great Recession of 2007-2008, the effects of 9-11, and even going back further than that, historical events, you may all remember those. Some of you have never faced that. My guest today will help us understand why it is important to have a long-term perspective, a long-term goal in an unpredictable market. The daily ups and downs, the big swings, all that creates the emotions, the media adds to the frenzy, and all these concerns, that's what's causing an enormous amount of anxiety to you, the investor. Many are concerned about what do you do with your 401k? Well, Scott Jordan and David Rochester are here with me today, and they will give us some level-headed strategies for a volatile market. From our Did You Know files, in the last 75 years, from 1945 to 2020, the S&P 500 stock market has 12, has had 12 declines of at least 20%. Now, I talked about that being a bull market. That's one in every six and a quarter years. And as I said earlier, the stock market suffered at least its 12th bear market in 1940, since 1945, when the index fell 26.7% on its Wednesday, February the 19th peak, from its Wednesday, February the 19th peak to its closing of Thursday, March the 12th. And all 11 bear markets have suffered at least 20% decline in the S&P 500 in the index in the last 75 years before last week's 12th bear market. The stock market eventually recovered 100% of the loss sustained going above the previous bull market high. The average time it's taken to do that, about 24 months. So according to history, this too will pass. Of course, past performance is never an indication of future 
performance. Here's something I want you to think about before we take a break. The Center of Disease Control has this from last year's numbers. That's 2018-2019. The flu season in the United States, that's approximately from November of 2018 through mid-April of 2019. You ready for this? 35.5 million Americans got sick with the flu. 16.5 million saw a health care provider and 490,000 490,600 were hospitalized and 34,200 died with the flu. Well, the coronavirus has got everybody's attention. School closing, sporting events canceled, church services canceled, the end of the bull market. Just what do you do with all the noise? As I said, coming up, David Rochester, Scott Jordan, strategies for a volatile market. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker, David Rochester, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, there's a book out that's entitled Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Ketterman. And this guy has written this book. It's it's research he did on behavioral economics. It's a study that he was looking at about how people make financial decisions. Well, today's program is all about how we make financial decisions. What he found out is people are loss-averse. Surprise, I didn't have to go to school to figure that out. That's kind of the norm. I think we're all a loss-averse. But he he found out that people feel the pain of losing money more than they feel the enjoyment of making money in the market. So he, he, he kind of went through this whole thought process. He found that people were likely to react more to the loss of money in their portfolio than they reacted positively to a gain in their portfolio. So 2019, we had all this enormous gain. The market took off. It ran hard and, and turn, returned great returns. But we don't enjoy that as much as we fear the loss that's going on right now. Well, my guests today are going to help us understand some of the volatility things that we look at and what to do about it, especially when you're looking at your 401k and all the aspects of this market and the coronavirus and how we deal with it. They are my guests, Scott Jordan and David Rochester. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for having me, Jim. Welcome, David. Thank you, Jim. Guys, I want to know, you guys are in the trenches with your clients, holding hands, going through this process. Scott, let's start with you. What are you telling clients? Well, Jim, you know, what? What are, you look back through history and the causes of market downturns or the causes of these bear markets are always different. You know, you go back to the 40s with World War II, you know, 50s, Korean War, Cuban Missile Crisis, whatever the cause, the cause is always different. The reaction is always the same, fear and panic. So what I'm telling clients is fear, the fear is real. I, I empathize with that fear. It's a, you just said Daniel Kahneman did a study on it. It yep. is natural to want to run when this happens. That is a natural reaction. But we can't let this fear lead us into making bad decisions. So first and foremost, I'm a person of faith. I work with a lot of people of faith. I'm telling them to put their trust in God in this. But also have faith in the future of the great companies of the world. We will get through this together together. 
We will get on the other side. If history is any indication, now the past doesn't predict the future. As I said. We've always recovered from these. I have faith we'll recover from this one. So don't let your your fear lead you into bad decisions. Don't let this short-term volatility derail your long-term plan. And that's tough, Jim. That's hard. Here it is hard. David, what about you? Well, like Scott, I believe that the managers that uh, manage portfolios, they're trained to do what they do. They've been doing it a long time. And they're they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're they're finding opportunities. They're watching closely. They're doing the studies as well, which takes some of the the emotion out of what we do. I, I, so the whole thought process is is you're kind of going through this discussion with them that fear is real. Absolutely. Never question that, and don't panic with it. And this too will pass. And I appreciate Scott you saying a person of fear. God's got this, Absolutely. and that's how we think. And we don't let this get too too involved. We just know that we trust our people that are managing the assets. We trust what they're doing. Well, let me start with this because, guys, there is this coronavirus has got everybody's attention. By the way, if you're watching us on Facebook, thanks for being here. I'm saying hi to you, but the reality is we're at a distance here. <laughs> we're, we've got everybody spread out. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's the way we're doing it. We're, uh, we're working on the six-foot distance case, and we're not having a Greg walked in today. We see, He said, okay, everything's sprayed down, guys. Everything's clean. Spread out. out. You're going to have to work this together. So we're doing exactly what we're told to do. Scott, what are you talking about when you say coronavirus? I mean, there's a lot of history there. There is. And and we've seen worrisome coronaviruses before. Uh, now this one, you know, I, and first of all, I want to throw this out there. I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. I've, I've done a lot of research on this. I don't want anything we say to diminish the seriousness of this. This is a serious but we have, this is a serious condition, but we have seen things similar to this before. Now, different. They're all different. But, you know, you go back to MERS, the Middle Middle Eastern Respiratory right. Syndrome, SARS, um, other diseases like we saw in 2009. You remember the swine flu? You know, I do, only because that happened to be a time that I was going through a very compromised immune system from being diagnosed with cancer. So I do remember that. But you know what? I've started asking people about, do you remember, you know, when was the swine flu? Everybody kind of looks at me like they, you know, deer in headlights. I don't remember right, the swine right. flu. I, you know, I do remember, like name, you as well, I remember it coming along. I, don't, I didn't remember. It was a serious deal, too. We had... Over 59 million Americans contracted swine flu, and and over 12,000 people died from that. So, again, it's a different situation. They're always unique. They require different responses, but we have seen things similar to this before. David, do you find that this, when we talk about this current virus and, and the fact that it's, you know, cases as of March the 17th, when we saw that they're now, it's just growing and people are concerned that once we start the testing, that it's going to be even growing more. Your thoughts on that? Well, it's going to grow, and we're going to see the numbers climb. We don't know how much. We don't know if it's going to be as as much as even the flu is. I mean, we just don't know at this point. It, it's likely to, uh, or it's common to assume that as test kits become more available, you will see more cases found. Well, that's a that's a point. So I think what we're talking about here is a little bit of the fear of the unknown. Right. And that's then, exactly what it yeah. is. If you so. just tuned in, my guest today, David Rochester and Scott Jordan, we're talking about some level-headed <clears throat> strategies in such a volatile market. But first, we have to kind of talk about coronavirus, as everybody else is talking about coronavirus. You know, one difference, and you mentioned the swine flu, Scott, and I, I think one difference, I, because I guess I was right in the middle of this, 
during that period of time, social media was very much in its infant state. Right. And I just don't think that we shattered. We don't think we just blasted that all over the world as rapidly as we can today. Now, that's a good thing. I think yep. people, I mean, I've been washing my hands 20 times a day for 12 yes, years. Yes. So <laughs> yes. I don't think that's different for me. And, and, you know, I've always practiced some kind of a distance. When you don't have an immune system, it's your normal lifestyle. But I think what the media, social media has done a great job is, is bringing everybody to an awareness of that. And at the same time, right. the other side of that is it's brought everybody to a uh, awareness of that. Right. Like you said, there's a lot of good that comes from that. We can disseminate good information to help with preventing the spread of this a lot more quickly. But it also, I think, it feeds into that fear we're feeling because we're seeing this constantly coming at us. Absolutely. We're, we're getting pop-ups on their phone about new cases that have been diagnosed and, and new deaths that have occurred. And that's different than we've seen in any of these pandemics in the past. I uh, was recently flying. Can you believe that? Recently in an airplane, long-distance airplane, taking a trip. And uh, I honestly didn't see. I flew through two of the biggest, busiest airports in the world, and I, I didn't see a lot of problems. Yet, as I landed, you know, I'm told, did you see this where it's going? And this, I mean, it was yeah. amazing. And again, I think that's a, pl- a plus. I, I don't want to be negative yeah. about that. But I also see that as sometimes it creates that a little bit of a fear. We're paying a price, guys. Bottom line, this, this whole change albeit maybe it's short, uh, supposedly it's going to be a short, a two-week period, a three-week period, a month period. Is it, do you feel that's going to disseminate this, just get rid of it, uh, this virus, or what? I, I don't think we know for sure, Jim. I think that, you know, when you're dealing with the unknown like this, there's a lot of different uh, theories and, and philosophies of how to deal with it that get put out there. But I think we're doing what we've seen that has been successful in other areas, and so from that sense, I think we're trying. I mean, everybody's probably seen the graph of flattening the curve, you know, practicing the social hammering distancing. Hammering it down, I've heard yeah, a lot. Yeah, hammering it down, you know, a lot more people working at home, avoiding crowds. Again, like you said, there's going to be a short-term cost to pay for that, hopefully short-term. We hope this is going to, you know, really kind of spread the numbers out and allow, allow us to get on top of this. But uh, we're going to pay a short-term cost. But I think for that short-term cost, I think we can get on top of this thing. So that's, aggressive that's behavior today yes, should yes. pay off for us later. You know, China did that. Exactly. And yeah. at first, everybody was critical of it. Well, they're isolating people and they're they're quarantining people. But as a result, it seems that they've made that turn already in a relatively short period of time. So yeah. I heard this the other day, and I think it makes sense. As China's been through so many of these that yeah. they have a better experience than we do, and maybe that's something we have to pay attention to. Right. You know, that we're going to learn from this because, obviously, I don't think this is going to go— I think it, we could get it hammered down for the, for the before the summer. Yeah. But, again, I get a flu shot. I have had my pneumonia shots. You know, I've done all those things. And with that reality, I think people have to understand, we'll, we'll take something of a coronavirus— shot or something. Yeah, I mean, a lot of companies are working on those right now, and hopefully we can get those speedily out to market. I mean, the hope is that warmer weather is going to help some of the cases subside, like we've seen with other coronaviruses and flu-type illnesses. So I, that's that's the hope. That's, that's the sure. key right there. Well, I think it's been, been proven in many cases that 
and just the bottom line is panic and hysteria is not going to solve this. It's like going into the theater. Yeah. You got a jam-packed theater and you holler fire. Right. That's right. right. That's not a good thing. No. You know, Every, everybody it, runs for the exit. Exactly. Right. It creates a lot of pandemonium. But based on the Chinese experience, I think this disease, they're at least telling us that it can be contained. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And uh, I, I do want us to make sure that everybody understands. Be consistent with your public health recommendations. That's, you know, look for, you know, the if emphasis of detection. If you think you've got something, quarantine yourself. Yeah, I think that's key. Bottom yeah. line, just make sure that you're saying, hey, I've got a little fever. I have a, you know, a good friend of mine, that a client, basically, that came back from a trip to Israel. And, and he, you know, he had a little fever and you know, a uh, cough and a little sore throat, terrible sore throat, and went to the doctor. And they said, well, you don't have the flu. He, I don't know if he had the coronavirus. Right. But, you know, right. now that we look back, maybe it was right. a possibility. So look, everybody, listen to me. This is what we're saying to you. Bottom line, practice good hygiene, hand washing, sneezing correctly. I actually heard the other day that you don't sneeze into your to your shoulder anymore, or to your, you know, your elbow. That, I mean, I, I've made sense because... I just deposited whatever I'm sneezing in my, and so I reached David and grabbed you in that shoulder and I said, "How you doing?" Well, I've just grabbed yeah. a whole handful of whatever you put in, put right. there. So literally, practice sneezing with a tissue. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense for a lot it of does. people to it do does. that. Don't touch your face. Social distance. You know, for a period of time, we've talked to a lot of our managers. A couple of our managers are physicians right. that, that manage our biotech stuff. And this is some of the things they're telling us. It's just practice. These are guys that, that are looking at it from not only just the investment side, but from the professional medical side that's telling us just practice good hygiene. And that's important for everybody to, to pay attention to. Well, I'm talking with David Rochester, and we're talking with Scott Jordan. We've been covering some thoughts about, you know, the idea behind good hygiene, coronavirus, what's happened in the past, what's going to happen in the future, how much price do we have to pay right now? Well, I think the whole idea is that when we do this meaningful action, this real meaningful action, which we're, we're doing today, if you look back and you look at the swine flu, it took us from the time we had people in the in the United States and in every state to the time we declared it a national emergency was six, seven months. We didn't do that this time. This thing is much more of an impact to what we're doing. So I think the whole reality is this market has already been down, and it's it's reality. But with this meaningful action that I said earlier, this could help us restore confidence back into our, our system, back into what we're doing. This disorganization and this indecision has can probably create some additional problems. Well, I'm going to take a break here. When we come back, I want these guys to talk specifically. The reality is we have issues, but we're making some changes. We're doing this meaningful action, and we're going to find out what you need to be doing with your 401k. Level-headed strategies in this unpredictable, as David said, the fact that we don't know all there is to know. We're going to find out more about that when we come back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
One of the biggest issues that I think we all face today is obviously how do we approach this unknown that we have today with this drop of the market. Now, for those of you that were around in 2008 and 2009, that was a structural recession. That was with the, when the financial market just collapsed, and that was a real serious. But 9-11, even though it may be a short term, it was at the tail end of the Y2K recession. And so it felt like a very long recession at that period of time. But this, we call 9-11, that was an event. And coronavirus is now under the, I guess, the watchful eye, it's being called an event. It may lead us to some form of a structural recession. We don't know that yet. It's going to be kind of the whole idea behind what happens. Where are we going with this? Well, the reality is, as always, when fear becomes a part of a person's emotions and you find you wake up in the morning and that's kind of what you're thinking and you're maybe working at the office or maybe you're working at home now or maybe you're on your personal computer or maybe it's the office computer. And guess what? You get this little thing that pops up on your computer about what you need to do to protect your computer from the coronavirus. Now, guess what? The coronavirus is not going to infect your computer. I know that's a surprise to some of you, but the reality is it's not going to affect. But that's not to say that somebody may get your attention because you're looking for that word. And so, Scott, I want you to talk about that briefly because that's a problem that surfaced literally in the last 20 days where all of a sudden people are getting phone calls, they're getting computer pop-ups, emails emails about what to do, what you see. Yeah, we've absolutely seen, you know, and they're always looking for ways to get in you, and this is one of those things that's on everybody's mind, everybody's attention. So the phishing, those scams where emails are sent out offering information of things of that nature, uh, there's been a lot around college campuses offering official information from the college. Uh, a lot of them have been sent out from the World Health Organization, uh, selling, fa- selling face masks. Right. That's another one. So <laughs> I think the key there is just to be 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 aware. Be aware that these things are out there. If you need information, go to trusted sites on your own. Don't be tempted to click on emails that come your way. Uh, there's a lot of malware that can be attached in some of those attachments. And that's and the just seriousness destroy. of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, charitable scams are also popping up. That's another one. You see that a lot in times like these, uh, whether it's at the checkout at businesses, which can be legitimate, by the way. But uh, the good good thing to do there is maybe check the Federal Trade Commission or some of the, uh, you know, give.org or some of the official sites and make sure that you're actually giving to a legitimate charity. And Let me say this to our senior citizens. Those that are home, that are, that are isolating themselves, yes. maybe they're on the computer. Listen, folks, just this, this pay attention. This is, if when in doubt, check it out, period. Do not just click or do not just give out person. The rules are still the same, even though it may sound so legitimate and look legitimate. And if you just have any hesitancy whatsoever, you check it out or have someone to check it out for you. You know, bottom line is do not get become a victim. Don't get so to the point of being fearful that you're just checking whatever. Don't do that. And that's the key. David, you actually have one that happened here in Tennessee. What what, what do you Yeah, do? this was uh, just read about one uh, actually yesterday about a former doctor. And I'll just kind of give you the background here. Small town in Tennessee. So this is not, not out of out of our total area. It's a box truck, red, red and yellow box truck parked in front of a pretty frequently trafficked area. 
and it was advertising that uh, they were doing coronavirus testing. There was even a number on the side that you could call. Well, because the box truck looked like an old box truck. Imagine the potato chip delivery truck uh, painted, <laughs> painted, over. painted yeah. over with red and yellow. People became suspicious. And so they, they started uh, calling. The uh, police investigated it and found out that, sure enough, uh, this was affiliated with a doctor, but that doctor had been uh, had lost his license in 2008 for other false claims about uh, weight loss, and there was even some even prior to that some more serious issues that could have caused jail time. And so here's this former doctor out there saying that they have coronavirus testing, testing. kits, and they can test. And by the way, I'm sure there's there's some money involved with this. They didn't go into the depth of that with the article, but it just goes to show there are people looking to take advantage of this situation and collect money. And advantaged by having somebody else be a victim. That's exactly right. So when in doubt, check it out. And I'm so glad they did that in this Tennessee town, and I'm so glad we're talking about it today. So it is it is there, and it's uh, phishing. It can be whatever. It's the pop-ups on your computer. It's the phone calls. Just be sensitive, and I want to make sure we get that out to you today. That's critical. As I talked about earlier, Dana Kellerman's book is Thinking Fast and Slow. He talked about we are risk-averse. We don't like taking risks. We don't like the fear. In fact, if the market begins to go down, we run the other way. A fear of loss is a human emotion, and declines have been common and They're temporary most of the time. We need to talk about that. Market declines are a natural part of investing. Scott, tell me about a couple. I think that is a key perspective, Jim. If you're going to be a long-term investor, you're going to go through these market swings. That's just part of it. You you, you mentioned it. The fear when the market does pull back is natural. But just, just to give you a little perspective here, uh, from 1950 to 2019, the S&P 500, you know, that's generally considered to be a gauge for the overall domestic stock market, has been down 10% or more on average about once per year. And now that downturn has lasted on average about 112 days. Scott, in addition to that, just to think a little longer, about once out of every five years, excuse me, four years, during that same time frame starting in 1950 up through 2019, we look at a four-year average, we see a length of 262 days where the average is down about 15%. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then you go to the bear market, which we define as being 20% more. Right. And we've had a downturn of 20% more on average about once every six years. Now, you mentioned in the monologue when you opened that it had been 11 years since we've seen. We almost got there in 18, fourth quarter of 18. That's we right. got very we close, sure but we didn't quite hit it. But this is the first one we haven't had in 11 years. So if you look back at averages, this is not an uncommon thing. Again, the causes are always different. We never know what the cause is going to be, but we've had these types of market downturns before. And, you know, guys, I know that we talk about that, and the reality is we go through that downturn. It is real. It is. It is. And the media really pushes it. And that's what they should do. I mean, that's what they're paid to do is to inform us. And to some degree, we know today that the media does some sensitization. I mean, they, they sense, you know, they give us this, the senses. They're hitting our yeah, senses. They're hitting, they, yeah. You know, greed if it's going up too high <laughs> and fear if it's going down. And so all that happens. But let's put it in perspective, and, and Scott, you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but put this in perspective to historical fact. Let, let's just talk about 
like what we're going through right now, diseases or viruses. And I, I want to say this again. This is not to diminish the seriousness of what we're going through. This is just to gain a little more perspective. You go back, beginning in 03, we had a SARS virus that, that hit the hit the world then. That, that originated in China. Uh, bird flu epidemic. We mentioned the swine flu earlier. Uh, anybody remember the uh, the Zika virus, or um, and then and then the one we're going through now? But if you go back, you look at the market performance, and the market reacted to to all of these in some way, shape, or form for a short term period. But uh, the market at the beginning of those that I just named was the S and P five hundred was sitting at eight hundred and fifty five, and as of yesterday, the market closed at about twenty five hundred, or almost three times higher. So seventeen years. Six epidemics later, the market was up almost three times. Now, you had to go through a lot of volatility to get to that up three times. You know, you mentioned earlier that that volatility you're talking about and the fact that uh, David's mentioned the fear of the unknown. Yet that's kind of the mindset if you're an investor that's kind of what you have to live with. You do. And, and, Unfortunately, it, you do. It, yeah, that's, yet, yet that sounds so easy for the three of us to be talking about it's, it. It's very difficult. It is extremely, extremely difficult. difficult. So I want to I want our people to listen to us as we go through this, and let's give them some fundamentals. I mean, we talk to our clients all the time, fortunately, and they know where we stand. But I think this is for our listening audience today and those that are going to be listening to this on a podcast. Bottom line is, what are some things, David, I'll start with you. What are some things that we need to let them know that this is how you react to this time? We haven't had that. You just said 11 years. I mean, we have, you know, this has been a non-event. Almost in the fall of 2018, but it didn't happen. So it was came and went quick. This is not going to go away tomorrow. So let's go through some very basic fundamentals of things that people need to be listening to and paying attention to when it comes to their 401k plan, if they're already retired, what they do now. Help us, David. Well, I'd say the first thing, Jim, is because of that fear, there's the sense of, well, if I get in or out at a particular time, I'm going to offset some of that anxiety. And that's really not the case. Don't try to time the market. It's been proven through many, many studies that that just doesn't work. It, it's too hard to be to actually predict short-term fluctuations. Along with that, I think you also have to consider sitting on the sidelines. So if you were to sell out, then what are you going to move to? So are you going to sit in cash? Well, it can turn so quickly you could then miss the upturn. So it's better to stay invested, to stay allocated properly. You know, just as, as a case here, the average decline we said earlier between 1929 and 2018, average decline of 15% has been followed by recovery each and every time. You know, some simple questions to ask yourself is, has the stock market ever gone down before? Well, Answer, yes. I get that one. Now, here's the next question. Yeah. When it's gone down, has it always gone back up? And so far? And, and Jim, you've been around this a while. Yep. When it's gone back up, has it gone on to set some new highs? And that's really what you're talking about. That's exactly it. So patience. Patience is critical through this time frame and not to panic. David, you say that, and you say that with a certain amount of passion, and you say that with a conviction. But what about that person that's, um, Scott, uh, David, either one of you, but, but the reality is the person who's in got their 401K. I got a call yesterday from one of our 401K uh, people that has a 401K with us, or he's part of an employee of a company. And he says, what do I do? And the first thing I asked him was, how old are you? 
And right. he said, uh, 35. <laughs> and I said, I wanted to say, you know, nothing, but I didn't, you right. know, because I wanted to listen to him. But you could tell in his voice, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm 35. I've, and here's the key. I've never been through anything right. like this. Right. I heard that. And I said, you know, that, that's kind of critical. It's a real fear. It's real. Because he was going through that emotional. Now, if I was talking to the 55-year-old that's been through that for 20 years, as he will be one day, he won't even worry about it. He knows what to do. As you were saying, you don't time the market. You don't get caught up in it. But this, I heard that guy's fear. And you're saying, don't, because he literally said, should I get out of the market? And I said, the worst time to do that is now. That's right. Absolutely. And that's important for us to help well, people. Well, Jim, just looking back to the time frame when, when Scott was going over the different, um, you know, diseases we've had in the past, back to 2003, well, I've been in the business since before that, 25 years. So I've been through numerous of these, and I can tell you, I was much more anxious about that in the first few than I am today yeah. Yeah. because I've seen the recovery after each time we go through, whether it's this or, or some other instance globally. Yeah, you know, you talked about this. You said that if you take a hypothetical investment of $1,000 and you put it into the S&P and you and made it in 2009, and, you know, that's you would have grown to, two, you know, to 2,750. Now, Correct. here's the point. If you missed the 10 best trading days during that period, it'd have been 38% less. And so that's why you can't time it. That's right, because we're talking a pretty long time frame there, 09 to 2018, so roughly 10 years in the entire time frame. Missing 10 of the best days, 10 days. cost you 38%. 10 days out of that. I don't know how many total days that is, but it's got to be around 2,000 something. That's right. And, and very often, some of the best days in the market. Follow some of the worst, worst days. Day. We've already right. seen and that. So, we have. You know, that fear creeps in, and you want to get out on that worst day, and then you're not in there for the recovery the next day. So that makes it a lot of sense. It can be detrimental to your long-term plan. All right. You've said, number one, don't try to time the market. Even though people, this fear, it, it's the natural instinct. That, as the book said earlier, that the reality is we have a tendency to saying, I, I'm, so, I'm so risk, or I don't want to take a fear it. So therefore, I don't. That's such an emotion. I back away and I don't take the risk. Okay. So you're saying don't get caught up in that, David. That, Scott, what would you say would be the next thing you'd want people to know that we need to tell them? Well, I think it all begins with a disciplined investment strategy. Following a disciplined investment strategy. Now, and wait a minute. When you say that, are you saying basically that don't get caught up in the short term? Yes. Absolutely, but that begins in the planning process when you're when you're thinking about okay. what you're trying to accomplish with these investments, and you you set forth a disciplined strategy from the beginning, and that's usually based on what is your tolerance for this volatility. Now that is very hard to judge. We use a lot of questionnaires, we use a lot of tools. It's really hard to tell how somebody's actually going to react when they experience volatility like we're experiencing right now. But trying to gauge that tolerance for that risk, you know, mixing some bonds in there, uh, short-term goals, liquidity goals. What What is this money for is what that all is getting down to. And then what is my time horizon? How long am I going to need to keep this money invested in order to Explain keep Explain to me that when you say time horizon. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and that's a good point because I've talked to a lot of people recently, as you can imagine, and, and some people that, let's let's say I'm talking to a 50-year, 55-year-old, and they say, well, I'm going to retire soon, and I don't have very long to recover. Well, 
their time horizon is not just to their retirement date like they kind of think in their mind. Their time horizon is the rest of their life. So they can need this money to provide them an income for 20, 30 years in retirement. Uh, now, that's where that mix of how you have that, you know, we're going back to that discipline strategy. You know, you're following that asset allocation strategy. You know, what's my risk tolerance? What's my time horizon? What are my short-term and long-term goals? Then I'm going to put together an asset allocation. That's basically how much I'm going to have in stocks, how much I'm going to have in bonds, and how much I'm going to have in cash in broad categories. Okay. That makes a lot uh, of sense. And, and when you set that in place, that's an asset allocation that has a history to giving you the kind of returns you need to hit your goals. So the, the discipline part of that is maintaining that through these tough times. Um, you know, we also preach diversification. That's why we preach diversification. We want to spread, you know, you know yes, I'm going to have money in stocks, but I'm, gonna, I'm not buying just one stock or betting it all on one company. We're going to diversify by geography, by manager, by, by uh, you know, in the bonds, by time horizon, long-term, short-term bonds. So diversification, again, doesn't guarantee against a risk. It doesn't guarantee against a market loss, but it can help manage that volatility some and allow you to be able to tolerate it and allow your investments time to work and give you the returns you need. I, one other thing I would add to that, Jim, and I'm thinking about the 35-year-old gentleman, I think was very smart in calling you. And here's why I say that. He's leaning on experience. He wasn't talking to somebody at the water cooler over a cup of coffee. He was talking to somebody that's been through this and has experience. And that's one thing I would encourage people to do is, you know, it's great to talk to your coworkers, but don't rely on them for your advice unless they're professionals Talk to professionals. You know, that's a great point. And, of course, if anybody's listening and would like to talk to either one of these two guys, 757-5757, if you'd like to just give them 901-757-5757, ask for David Rochester or Scott Jordan. David, you're exactly right. And I actually complimented him about that. He took a big risk to call me, and he right. specifically said, hey, I want to talk to you. And, and I, you know, I really, I mean, you could tell this guy was going through this, this issues of fear and stuff. But he was very sincere in what he was doing. This wasn't just a random call. And, and I really appreciated the fact that, that he took the risk. He said, I want to talk to someone. Well, and, and we know right now there's just, there's a lot of noise. It's social media. It's on the radio. Everything on the radio I heard this morning driving in was all about coronavirus and all about the market and just a lot of negativity. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we can't just be totally immersed in that. We have to consider, look, this has happened before, maybe not exactly this way, but we've come out of it before time and time and time again. If you just tuned in, my guest today, Scott Jordan and David Rochester, we're talking about some time-tested strategies during a very volatile market. And for some of us, and I know some of you have literally, this is the first time as the young man on the phone, it was his first time to be in this type of market. And, and that's reality. And this is what we're trying to share with you today is how do you go through this process and get through it, this too will pass. And the reality is, what do you do with your 401k? What do you do with your investment portfolio to be able to get through? It may take a while to get back to where you were in January. That's unreal. I mean, that's that's real. That's not unreal. That's the facts. In fact, what I told you earlier, the average is about 24 months, but it will come back and again, I've got to say this when I say that, past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. But the reality is you're investing in the great companies 
of America. Now, I said this to someone yesterday, and I want to say it to you as you're listening. If you invested in a great company in October of 2019, or you invested in an asset manager that invested in a great company in 2019, that great company may go through some tough times, as a lot of companies do, as almost any company that's still in business today does, reality, is still going to be a great company. We're not going to see a collapse of our the great companies of America. There may be some that go through some struggles. There may be some that the government has to do some bailouts. Oh, that's all part of it. The reality is that we will see this, too, as a historical event two, three, four years from now. And it'll just be for whatever. Now, Scott, you mentioned this, and I want to define this very clear. When we come back, I want to make sure that we really do help people understand exactly when you say, what's your time horizon? I want to very much define it because I want people to know, I need to know my risk tolerance. I need to know my time horizon. Stay with us because when we come back, I got these two guys locked and loaded. We're going to run through some heavy stuff before we end the show. So stay with us. I'll be back in a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we are talking about some very serious information today. We've got a few minutes left in today's program, and i still got David Rochester and Scott Jordan in the studio. We're going through some level-headed strategies for an unpredictable, a volatile market. We haven't seen this. We've gone through a very long bull market. It lasted 131 months, just one month short of 11 years. Years And we just kind of fell into this thought process that it was going to go on forever. It has not. It is officially over. And guess what? You've got to rethink how you invest your portfolio. You've got to make sure that you can stay the course. Well, that's what these two guys are helping us do. Scott, I talked to you earlier about time horizons. And, and, I, and I just want us to define that. I appreciate the fact that you looked at it and said 10 mm-hmm. years. But yeah. the reality is, help me with this, if short term. Well, this goes back to the why, Jim. We, we're always, we, when we're investing money, we're investing for a purpose. And what is that purpose? And the time horizon is basically when am I going to need this money and specifically when am I going to need all of this money. So, you know, we look at the zero to two time horizon. I would not put money in the stock market if I needed that money within about two years. That's going to be more appropriate for some shorter-term bonds and some bond funds. So uh, then you go with kind of the midterm, uh, I need this money in two to ten years. You can take a little more risk with that, but still have to balance that out nicely. Then there's that 10-plus money that can be a little more aggressive. So the time horizon has to do with when you're going to need the money. And, you know, you mentioned people in their 401Ks. Uh, Most people don't retire and day one empty the 401K out and spend it all. So the time horizon, again, for the retirement funds is, is for the rest of your life to provide that income. So just having that balanced strategy, you know, what, what is my asset allocation? 
based on my time horizon and what I'm trying to accomplish and putting that in the appropriate places. That's exactly. That's perfect. I hope everybody could understand that and work through that when they're looking at their 401k. David, you mentioned earlier, just as you were going through this, that the noise is so important. What do you say mean by that? Well, I think you've got to temper it back. Turn the phone off to where you're not looking at the websites as often, you know, constantly look, listening to the 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 talk shows, the TV shows that are talking about, you know, the concerns of the market. Uh, go back to work. I mean, do your do your job. Do the things you normally do. You know, like yourself, you mentioned earlier about traveling. We were on vacation last week. I had somebody say, aren't you really worried about the market? Quite frankly, I didn't have my phone on. There I wasn't worried about it. Had I been, I wouldn't have enjoyed the time that I specifically set aside. Yeah, I was talking to a guy yesterday, and I called him, and I said, hey, what's going on? He said, well, I'm on a golf course. I said, hey, good deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just wasn't concerned. He's been around, been a client a long time, right. and he said, you got it. I got it. You got it. What about this emotion, David? I mean, Scott, what, what's, what's this thing that we got about that? Don't let, again, the short-term volatility, it's going to bring the emotions up. Again, we can't control that, but don't make bad decisions and let those emotions take over and fear take over and make bad decisions. The markets have tended to reward long-term patient investors. And again, that well-thought-out investment strategy on the front end can help you a little bit in controlling those emotions. Having that plan, plan on these downturns. They're going to happen. I mean, if you're talking about a 20 or 30, we just went over statistics of how the market's down 20% or more. If you're going to have money invested over 20, 30 years, you're going to go through a few of these. So know that on the front end, know how you're going to react, and know that you're going to stick to the plan for the long term. I would say the other thing is, is that people appreciate calm. So when you're calm and other people tend to rely on that, you know, we went to the store the other day. We didn't load up on toilet paper and everything else. By the way, there wasn't any. But, you know, as as we were leaving, I noticed, guess what? There's a truck full of that stuff backing up to the store. I just didn't want to go back in. I hear you. That's a good point. Well, we've tried to share with people. We hope we've given you some insight today. We hope you have gone through some, some thought process. Anything summarized, guys, that you want to say? I mean, that was great. Again, I would just say, as we said earlier, have, have faith in the markets. Have faith in the the good companies in the U.S. and around the world have faith in the managers, uh, faith in God, and trust in the capital system. I'd say I'd echo the same thing: faith in God, faith in the future. We will get through this. This too will pass. Absolutely. Well, as I told you at the monologue, the instinct is to flee the market when it starts to plummet. We hope we've given you some insight that it's just the natural thing to do. It's the human instinct. And I hope that you've this has been able to give you some thought process, some things to go back and think about. You've been listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 at FM 107.9. My guests, Scott Jordan and David Rochester. And if you have additional questions for Scott or David and you'd like to talk with him personally, call him at 757-5757. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And to find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. And be sure to like us on Facebook. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I thank you so much for listening. I hope we've been helpful today. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money.
Jim Shoemaker, David Rochester, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 